Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. And we are back with another Black with no cream podcast. New episode every single Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. And today, I'm going to introduce you to a dude that's been behind the scenes for... How long have you been behind the scenes for? Uh, since December-ish. You started in December? We got cracking like in January. Like New Year's, we were like, all right, let's go hard. But, but I was fucking... Did I, did I like... You we, become my intern. Yeah, I came your intern like beginning of December, okay. and then we like took a while to get shit started. Right. Okay. So anyway, David Malave, aka Dave Malave, aka uh, I eat then I drink. <laughs> um, David is he? So basically, I found this dude because I made a post in Black with No Cream saying I needed a uh like an intern for the Black with No Cream community, and Dave was the first person to hit me back with the like I, it was like a challenge that I set up. Basically I said like whoever wants to be involved tell me about yourself blah 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 so I get like the instant description. I picked the best like 20 I think the top 20 people and I sent them all um a three camera shoot that I did to edit from one of the podcast episodes. So the goal was to see who could not only cut that to look good which isn't fucking rocket science but at the same time it takes a little bit of skill. Um, so that it could be a three camera shoot, um, to save me some time in the weeks to make these podcasts happen more regularly. And then, um, also to pull like social media selects out of that, that we could use to hopefully like share on Instagram and try to promote the podcast episodes and shit. So Dave, first I liked what he had to say in his thing, whatever, boom, I accepted him in and he, I sent him out, but he had that, you fucking turn that shit around in like, like five hours, I swear. Like I had that an email that was like, here's your edits with social media shit, boom. And it was everything that I needed. And a bunch of other people submitted this stuff. It was great too. But there was something about him turning around so quickly and his email just like was so proper and, and what he was interested in learning. It just seemed so good. So anyway, that's how Dave became part of Black Window Cream, started interning and whatnot. And so today I want to, um, you know, I've been doing these solo episodes, talking on a topic, um, giving tips and shit, but I wanted to have Dave like we're on tour together and we'll get to how that all happened. Um, but since we're on the road, I was like, yo, we should do these fucking like group chat type things. And Dave said, okay. So yep. welcome to group chat. This yeah. is the first one. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, but I, I want, I, you know, I do interviews with people and I want to interview Dave, but I want to wait until we're a little bit farther into the tour to do Dave's official interview. So I just wanted to use this as like an introduction to who Dave is um, how he's involved with Bagano Cream and just so you can understand why he's a credible source when we talk about shit because his opinion matters and so I think that he's a good person to have as a like co-host or whatever the fuck you want to call in group chats. So anyway, Dave, tell me a little bit about yourself, dude. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, like you said, um, shit, man. Uh, I'm from Texas. Hell yeah. Graduated college back last May, so almost a year ago. I got and uh, did a bunch of videos and film in high school, college. I basically left it. Like got that like what do you push. Mean you left it. Like I went to college for film yeah. and then 
I was always about my grades and stuff, and I just felt this pressure from everyone and like my parents, and like just not in my parents really, just like from the university itself. It was super like school oriented. I went to University of Texas, right? And so then I just went like got business degree, economics degree, <clears throat> uh, like minor in finance, minor in accounting, all this shit. Uh, and then when I graduated, I just spent a whole summer kind of like in a rut because I guess I, the whole time I knew I didn't want to do any of that stuff. Um, accounting and shit like that. Yeah, I just like all of college. I was just I just wanted to get really really good grades. Right, right. And I just thought I just thought that that was gonna get me somewhere. But every every summer I was time to get an internship and I just like hated it all. So I did a bunch of traveling and I would always like, and I just kept it with like the photo and video. I was always paying, still paying attention to it. I still like was, but I just never was like, I never thought it was possible because when I wasn't going to film, what was first possible? semester to have it be like a job, right? Because like when I showed up to film my first semester of college they would always, they were, it was like this in like social media shit wasn't cracking yet. So it was like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a director? Do you want to be mm. a producer? Do you want to be a sound engineer? Like all these very industry industry, like roles, which are obviously still like amazing. But to me, it was like, I don't want to write films. I knew I didn't want to write films. I knew I didn't want to like direct movies. You know what I mean? Right. So you like, didn't know what it was. I was just like in, in high school, I was just like obsessed with editing, like my first MacBook. I was just with iMovie making like funny mo- movies with my friends and right. shit. Um, but I was like obsessed with just like making things always. And so, but that just didn't seem possible. It seemed like it was just like this route that wasn't possible. And mm-hmm. I was like, I know that I'm smart. Maybe I just do this other thing. Right. Um, I knew I would only be creative. I didn't know how it would go. And so basically graduated and then spent that whole summer kind of just like soul searching. And I was just like slowly getting more and more inspired. Started listening to a lot more podcasts. Um, and then there was like a moment. We'll talk more about this in that. Like, when yeah, we yeah obviously. Be. But I but basically, like a- so I get to the point where I decide I'm going to chase th- this, which I didn't even know what it was. I just knew that I, l- I wanted to do videos and I wanted to do it in music. I want to be a photographer. And I was just going to, what I decided was I was going to take a year because I thought maybe I was going to do graduate school. So I was like, I'm going to use this year that I would go to graduate school anyways. And I'm just going to give myself from now until when I would graduate from graduate school to chase this as hard as possible. And I'll reevaluate in May if right. this was going to work. Right, right. So <clears throat> moved all my shit back to my parents' place, um, which luckily was like an hour from Austin. Austin's where all the music was cracking. And that's where I found Black Window Cream. I think I found you, honestly, I think I found you, you commenting on a Gibson video. And I was just like, when Gibson was like first putting out, like before he got into the crack and shit, like when he was with. Yeah, yeah. Future um, and everyone else. No, but even before Future, who was he with? Uh, Black. Yeah. Like when he was doing that, he was doing it with, for Kyle. He was doing mm-hmm. like, and then he would, I remember one video he made was this one where he like, it was like the skate one where he like goes into the wall. Oh, Anyways, yeah, right, right, right. I just thought that shit was so crazy. And what I loved about it was it's just like a piece of content. that was like, didn't have to be anything else. It was just like so sick. And it was just like super inspiring to me because I would listen. I always knew that he was like younger than me or some shit, mm-hmm. you know. And he Mad was young. he was super talented, and he was so I just knew that I just knew that I could do it. So Dude. I just like devoted myself to learning everything. So then I found you commenting on that. I found you making Black Widow Cream Community, joined it, and then basically like the podcast just like changed pretty much everything for me. And that's like real talk for real. Like, Damn, that's crazy. Like I would listen to that shit. <laughs> I would drive to Austin every weekend. To shoot whatever show I could. We'll get in this later, like with getting paid or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Shoot whatever show I can, making connections, blah, blah, blah. On Sundays, I would drive home. And every Sunday, it was like the drive home could either be like, what the fuck am I doing? But instead, I had the podcast. So I would listen to the podcast on the hour ride home. It was the perfect length. Right, right. And on the way home, I would get even more psyched. 
because I would be driving home to go live at my parents' place, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, during the week, I was just finding shit to like learn, to do, to figure it out. And this podcast would like, I remember like, I would listen to shit, all of them. But like, I remember, I think the JR one was the most, mm-hmm. like that one like changed everything for me. Crazy, Like right? my mentality was like nuts because just like, Shout out to JR. Yeah, shout out to JR for real. And then I got to meet him, which is nuts. The whole thing is crazy to me. Yeah. This whole lot. Like, all right, all right. So basically, this podcast is shit. I've been behind the scenes since then. Um, just like believing in this group. I'm just like one creator, just like the group, just trying to make this thing. I believe in it. I believe what this thing can do for every all the creators in here. Just like the the mind mentality, the inspiration, the the tips, like just knowing that everyone around you is like chasing the same thing as you. We can all fucking make it. Right. Um. So yeah. And it's tight because Dave comes from like the EDM world um, and in hip hop and shit, but like he was mainly shooting like DJs and around Texas basically, right? Like that was like when you started getting yeah. concert stuff, it was like concert photography and video I was basically shit. just, yeah, I was just trying to be like the dude in Austin. That dude. Yeah. And like, I like I just, I felt like there was no, it was a city that was popping with music, but there wasn't, there wasn't a dude, like there wasn't a guy. And I just wanted to like, I was like, okay, if I can make enough connections with in the venues, and I remember, t- I haven't told you, but like, I was like, okay, if I can just go hard until South by Southwest, right. when, I, when I came to Austin, then I feel like, I felt like if I was good enough by the time I was connected by that time, I would meet, I would link up with someone and it would start popping off. But then. Which is hilarious. Cause yeah. then I fucking uh, made him not do South by Southwest. Yeah. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a story that we'll tell. Yeah. We should tell on. this later. Yeah. All right. So he didn't do South by Southwest cause he was going to work with Beyonce. Um, so now. Now that you kind of get a just Dave's tight, his content's tight. You should look him up on Instagram. Follow him. What is your Instagram? Dave Malave. Dave. It's easier Malave. to pronounce that yeah, way because easy. I'm white and American, and he that's says my that, fault, that's what I white people that do. Yeah. He said white people always pronounce his name like that. It's true. But his name's David Malave. Okay, so Dave Malave. But find him on Instagram. His content's I got, dope. I got some fire coming out tonight too. So okay. excited about that one. Okay. Um, this shit hopefully will be out by tonight. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking internet at the hotel. We're in Copenhagen. We're in Stockholm. We're in Europe. Uh, been in Europe for fucking like two months. And we're at a hotel right now just to give everyone a perspective of like where we're at right now. And we're live streaming this podcast uh, on the Black Window Cream community. So we're not looking at those so we can solely focus on this uh, camera and not that camera. But I know that they're there watching right now, <laughs> which is fucking weird. Anyway, so what I did was um, for this week, I was like, yo, I need some fucking topics. Uh, Black Window Cream, uh, Black Window Cream community, help me out. Anything that they kind of wanted to pick my brain on, so we got a, a good grip of questions. And so I, I just thought having Dave here would be cool to commentate, and like we can both shoot the shit on the topics and just kind of briefly touch on one or two of them. I wanted to more focus on you guys understanding who Dave is because I think this kid is a killer right now, and he's like the journey that he's taken in the last six months has been fucking nuts, and I like think that it all comes from black window cream and which is very cool because it literally went from him being an intern and him being starving and hungry and willing to put in the work and i think that's what it was i think i had a um in the questionnaire that i like let everyone fill out for the internship it said like what is your availability are you available like five hours a week 10 hours a week 40 hours a week like all hours of the week or something no, you like it was full fucking time full wrote, fucking time and, and dave what, picked full yeah. fucking time and there was like a couple other people that picked full fucking time but he literally had the video sent back to me it within a few hours and it took like i think another day for people to hit the me funny with thing it. is i thought i was late i thought i was late on that shit <laughs> 
which is crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like a two-hour podcast. I made him edit. Yeah. But anyway, um, and when he paid, when he did that, like he stayed on top of everything. Like I was the one that was slacking because I was so busy in LA. We're putting, an, I was finishing a documentary in the middle of editing a documentary. We had our office that we had to upkeep, so we were doing a bunch of jobs on the side and doing a bunch of shit. So it was like. I was trying to give <clears throat> as much as I could to Black Widow Cream, which is always the problem. It's like I want to give as much as I possibly can, and that's time is an issue. But Dave would be there ready to go. He'd have notes. He'd come in. We'd have, like, meetings on the phone <clears throat> and have, like, these long-ass conversations and brainstorm and come up with all these ideas, and he was just, uh, like, on top of that shit. And at one point, he was like, yo, I want to fly out to L.A., um, and kick it with you and just like work on whatever, like I'll, sp- I'll pay for my flight. I don't care. It's going to be worth it for me to like be out there. I have homies. I could crash on their couch. So you don't have to worry about nothing. Like, and I wanted it. I was like, all right, cool. But wait till there's like, actually, like maybe we're doing a shoot or something in that week that you could actually come and see. So it's not just like kicking it on our laptops the whole time. And then literally maybe three days later, I started working with, um, Beyonce for Coachella and they told me to get an assistant and they needed him like the assistant needed to be there the next day and so i hit him at like 11 p.m i was like yo if you can fucking get here tomorrow to la from texas uh i have a job for a week for you doing an assistant job for beyonce and he's like fuck and literally booked a flight that night over like flew a red eye and showed up to the venue with his fucking suitcases and shit ready to go and then a week turned into two weeks two weeks turned into like however many weeks we worked and we did Coachella and then now if you like look back Dave was like I ended up running a movie during Coachella filming Beyonce's performance that was like live streamed behind her and Dave was like my uh spotter I spotter guess. yeah spotter I was like couldn't think of it but like I had to run backwards on this tiny ass catwalk and Dave's sitting there like with a, my, a belt loop on my thing and he's like yanking me back and forth <laughs> making sure I don't fall off this fucking like six foot stage mm-hmm. in front of a, like thousands of people that shit was crazy, but literally went from fucking being in Texas trying to become the man to coming to LA and getting to work with B, which all was possible through this group, which is fucking sick to me that I was able to like give him that opportunity. You know what I mean? It was already hard enough getting me an opportunity like this. Like I've been working for so long and finally get to work with like a Beyonce, which now is we're on tour with Beyonce, which he is on the tour and we're both shooting a bunch of shit and making content and figuring it all out. Um, and it's been awesome. Now we're working with Jay-Z and, that fucking wild as fuck, right? Did Crazy. you think you were going to be... You wanted to just go shoot South by Southwest, but did you think you were going to shoot a fucking nah, world man. tour for like the, the biggest first, artist? The first show, I, was the, I just stuck right by that dude for all. Crazy. So what we want to do is talk on uh, you know a couple of the questions, and we kind of grouped them into two topics. Um, I like to try to find a way to provide tips or whatever, so I'll, we'll just jump into it. So topic one, topic number one. Uh, the overall theme of it, it would just be rates. I feel like a common question that I see within Black Widow Cream, everyone who's kind of on the come up, it, the main question is like, how do you know what to charge a client, basically? Um, and it's complicated. It's fucking annoying and it's hard and you're always guessing and you don't know if you're selling yourself too short or if you're overcharging. Um, and it's just like a little game that everyone has to play and figure out. And they, they're always looking for a shortcut or a cheat sheet or something, but, uh, newsflash that motherfucking shit don't exist. You got to figure this out on your own, but I can kind of help you find a way to do it. And so, um, I, let's, what were the questions? Fernando asked, he, he was basically saying free work versus cheap work. Um, which one kills the industry? Or don't touch that, it. Don't touch that shit because it makes mad noise. Oh, my bad. Like I can hear it in the microphone. Um, what'd you say? 
free work versus cheap work i'm assuming he means like which one of those kills the industry yeah he says free work versus cheap work who kills the industry so between the two is free work or cheap work um uh jordan bailey he asked contract negotiations dev matic and uh i don't even know how to say the homie's name cueva Qu- so you try doing this shit cuevea cuevea all right what is pay like working on tour? How much? How often? So these are kind of like the main things. So it's like knowing your worth, proper fees, when to charge, paying your dues, like all that stuff kind of groups into this. But I think when it comes to free work versus cheap work, it's like it's tough because you feel like as a creator now semi-established in my industry, um, you may have another like say I want to go on tour tomorrow with an artist and charge X amount of money. $10 million a week. That's what I want to charge. But there's another artist that's on the come up that happened to got into this, into a conversation where they could talk to that same artist uh, in the same token and be like, I'll do it for $1 million a week. That's fine. Their, their quality might not be as good as my quality, but it's easier for this artist to be like, well, shit, man, I could save $9 million a week. I'm going to probably go with this dude. Okay, fine. Or female. Um, all right, cool. They're going to go with that artist. They're going to shoot their tour, do whatever they make for maybe their photographer, whatever they might choose this cheaper route. And I feel like by undercutting, you have to understand that at this point I was going to make $10 million. You made $1 million. So by undercutting, you know that this is already cheap, but you might, might not have known that you could have made 9 million extra dollars, if that makes sense. Um, so I think there's an issue with by people going so cheap, they kind of kill the the industry standard for what that role is. So if you're a DP and you DP music videos and those music videos end up on fucking MTV and top billboard charts and all that shit and you're charging 400 bucks a day, that don't make any fucking sense. You're, you're in a league where you could be making thousands of dollars a day for, for your talents. So I think that there's always like this fine line between like, who's killing the industry and who's not. Cause at the same token, I understand that some people just won't pay that money. Like someone who's, you say, I want 10 million. You're not going to, you're not going to pay me 10 million. You're like, fuck it. Sorry. We don't have it in the budget. So they'll take the guy that has, who's doing it for $1 million because he is just affordable. If that makes sense. And from there, you might not be making good money, but for you, it's like a way to establish yourself. Right. Like I've done that a million times establishing yeah. myself. It's like, does that make sense? No, yeah. Am I I'm making sense with this shit? No, you are. It's, uh, I guess where I, where I come with it, um, you just got to know there's a point that you get to when you know that you're no longer ever working for free. So, yes. And then it's about... Because I think a lot of times in the group... Well, let me say this off the top because I've always thought about this. A lot of times people are asking in the group how much to charge, how much to charge. And I just feel like, cause I've been in that position and I feel like it's just because they don't even understand what the ballpark is. They just want to know what the ballpark is. And I didn't even really understand that for real, for real until I came to LA um, and got a day rate. Right. And then I understood, okay, there's day, like understood. Like, cause I was, I, I would charge when I started, I was trying to charge like per before video. I left, it would be like, yeah, per video. It would be like, I'm going to shoot your show and then I'm going to make, I'm going to deliver you photos. I'm going to deliver you a recap video. Right. And I would always go on top of that. I'd give you like a story thing. I'd give you like maybe a boomerang or whatever. Um, and that'd be one price. And then you do, then like you say that the first price would be like, I guess this is what it's worth. And then when you do that work, you're like, if you don't, if you did all that work and you have the money and you feel like the money doesn't even matter anymore because you did all that work, then that means you charge too little, you mm-hmm. know? 
Um, but I didn't start charging at the beginning. It was only, fr- I was only free for me cause it only mattered to me that I got in that I, to shoot the show. Cause I knew the video that I was going to make to sh- like was going to be worth more than me making money. Right. 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 Because then I would have something in my portfolio to show the next person that I wanted to shoot. Hey, I made these for this video. And so I kept doing that until I felt like I had something to show. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like and then, like and then free resume. was over. Yeah, building your resume. So that's where I think free comes in handy sometimes, especially. It does. And that also is funny because then it becomes like controversy and does free, these people trying to build a resume kill that it does, the industry because 100%. it's like now these artists get used to, you know, the artists that are legitimate will allow you to grow within them, right? Yeah, so yeah. say you start working for a DJ tomorrow. You do the first two shows for free. Boom. He likes you. She likes you. Come on tour with me. All right, cool. I'm going to pay you shitty rate the first tour, the second tour. I'll pay you a little bit better. You know what I mean? You start yeah. to grow because they're getting bigger too. When they grow and do not pay you more, and if you say, I need more money, and they say, F- like, fuck you, I can't, you, you know, I'm why would I pay you more? Then they're going to go for someone else small. Like, they're just going to find yeah. another new kid. But, but that, I think the whole point is like, the whole point is, yeah. So like the, the whole problem with this industry, I feel like is, is the idea that like, there are so many people that want to do it, then everyone want, will get in for whatever it takes. And that's going to work at some level. But then there's a level where it's like, you just got to know that like you, what you're making is worth, like if you're just working, focusing on being the best you can and what you're make, what you're, the content that you're making, you know, it's good enough. You know, it's worth this money. Then you just like, yeah, you don't want to work with that dude. Like when I, there was an artist that took me on a couple, like on a run with them or whatever, after I shopped for them for free. And then I worked my ass off. I made them their first video. And then I, then the next time they hit me, I called them. I was like, right, I just want to rediscuss with you. Uh, I wanted to like, and we just, re, we, I just reset the terms. Right. You know, I was like, okay, now this is how we're going to, like, they were cool how we're gonna play. And they were cool. Cause like, Perfect. cause they loved what I did mm-hmm. and they, they appreciated that I went out of my way to go. Cause I just like, they came to my city and it was, the show was like the next morning and I wasn't doing anything. I was like, I want to, like, I wanted to make a video so bad. I was the first one of the year or whatever. And then we hit it off, killed it, whatever. And then now that relationship is like, they're still hitting me up and all this different stuff. Right, right. And it was cause like, it's all about relationships, you know? It's 100%. like, yeah, all about relationships, how you, how you talk, how you negotiate. Like if you handle yourself professionally, like if you treat yourself like a business, you, you email like, like a business, um, and you know your worth and your content's good and you, and you're, you like, you're self-aware, you know, like you're charging what you are actually worth. You know, you look at other people and you say, like, okay, I could be better than I'm not going to charge $1,000. But you could. But I, I always I always knew that, like, I knew what I was worth and, like, I, I didn't want to charge until I knew I was there. Right. And I think that a lot of people skip that step. Yeah. I think a lot of people spend five racks on various lenses and cameras and stabilizers and fucking all, all kinds of shit to build their camera bag or whatever it is and instantly assume, oh, I can shoot videos now. And... I can, you know, go shoot a show or I could go shoot a wedding or I could go shoot a business video or whatever it is. How much do I charge? And it's like, if you don't have any experience in making films, you need to learn how to do that first. It does not matter. I mean, anyone could go buy cameras tomorrow, like credit card, boom, you have all the shit you could ever need to make a fucking film. You could literally buy reds and all the shit that you need to make a feature film right now on credit. And you still aren't going to know how to make the fucking film. So... I think the the challenge is a lot of people say, hey, an artist just hit me up. It's my first time shooting a concert. How much should I charge? Don't charge them a fucking dime because you don't know what you're doing yet. Until you know that you are fucking skilled in that area and your product is worth money. It is. Everything's it worth. Like we were saying, it was like, like we said, we were talking at dinner. It's like, if at that point you're still a, you're still a hobbyist. You're a hobbyist. Yeah. Like it's 
And I love that because there's a difference between a hobbyist and a person that's really trying to make a living. It's a different, a different world when you understand like your rent comes from the money that you're making off of creating and there, you know, when to step into that world. Like, oh shit, I'm about to go full time in this. But if you're if you're someone that's in school and you're just trying to like kind of figure it out on the side and you're like fucking around making videos and someone, you know, hits you up about a job and they didn't even act like, Hey, we'd love to have you come shoot this. It's like you have to understand when you're when you're valued at one hundred dollars. When you're valued at I remember like in high school I was editing videos for all my friends and like the wrestling team hit me up and they wanted me to edit like a highlight video for the wrestling team. <clears throat> I didn't tell them about money. They hit me like, we'll pay you, I don't know, $200. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And I got $200 for that. But I, if they would have asked me how much to charge, I would have been like 50. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to charge for that shit. And right. then when it started coming into like working, like I would pay, like charge hourly and I would charge like $15 an hour. Cause I was like, well, I'm making $10 an hour at my normal job. 15 would be sick. Like I yeah, know, that's, I know that's that's just how, how it works. Basically. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit, I could do 20. And then I hear about stories of people charging a hundred dollars an hour. I'm like, damn. And then now it's like, you find out about day rates and all these things come into play and you learn about it. But you, I, I wasn't charging until I knew I could handle it. Like I remember the first time I overcharged for something I couldn't handle. And I was like, it was like the worst project ever because I'm sitting there chart, you know, charging like 1500 or something to shoot something, some like workout video. And I'm like doing it. And I'm like, Fuck, I needed three cameras. I should have had three cameras. I should have had a story like that. lenses and all this extra shit that I did not have. And then editing, I was like, how do I edit this? Like, this is so complicated. And I just set myself up for failure. And eventually I got it done. It just, I ended up turning in late. It was unprofessional. The way I delivered it and handled it was unprofessional. And like, I should have done that shit for free until I've done three of those videos and I know I could handle it. And then I could charge guap. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you should be able to kind of like, swerving and out of negotiating but it, it yeah, all comes down to talent yeah. like get your talent up or not everyone's talented in their own ways but be skillful and understanding of like what you're creating so that your product is a one and then work your way into charging and know your worth because it's also like about like a salary you know what i mean like yeah you gotta think about like that too if they want to be this full-time like what do i think i should be making yeah how and then you divide that like how much i'll be making this month and where do you how live many, how where many, do you, how many projects can I do think I can get this month? Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that type of thing. And then, uh, especially even tours and shit or something like no, every single person will always undercharge you or underpay you on a tour. Like, you know, your day rate could be more, but this is a consistent rate, right? For touring. Or if you're going to go and work on a, um, a local business video and make them just like a commercial, it's like, all right, it's a commercial. It's going to play on TV or is it going to play on Instagram? Is it going to play whatever? Is it never going to, is it going to be on their website? There's all these variables where you could look at it and justify like, okay, cool. This is a marketing tool for you. I will shoot this and it will look great. And your video is going to smash and it's going to make you money. And then you have to think how much does a restaurant make off of this fucking steak that I just shot a video about? Oh, cool. It takes 30 fucking dollars and several people are coming in every single day. Like you realize that they can make thousands of dollars off this. So for you to make $1,000 isn't going to kill their pockets because they're going to come back and make that money tenfold, you know? So you have to like look at these variables, but also just think if, if you make this much money per day for a, a normal working year, is that going to hit your salary mark that you want to be making? And don't make it like some absurd, uh, you know, I want seven figures a year making like... 
fucking wedding videos like you have to be realistic and understand your surroundings and where you're at but like set those bars i think and and just slowly work up every year should change like listen to tim dodd podcast i think we talked about did you ever listen to tim's podcast the everyday astronaut like he's a, a wedding photographer and every year as he started getting into photo and video he like oh shit like i could charge three hundred dollars instead of two hundred dollars and the next year he's charging five hundred dollars instead of three hundred dollars the next year it goes up and every time it goes up as you establish yourself and you become better and you become in demand and especially think about it, if you're in demand and you're making content and your quality is always here and more people want you um if you're charging less money and you have all these clients coming in by try you know raising your rate a little bit higher you're going to wean out some of the people that don't want to pay that much but you're going to get more more money for less work, if that makes sense. No, hundred percent. I think it's all about like you have a rate, and you, if people will, like, if, like it's like business. Like if you're paying or charging a rate, and no one wants to pay it, then you're either not doing enough to get clients, or you're you're what you're showing them isn't worth the money that you're making. Mm-hmm. You're charging them, so maybe you need to lower your rate. It's all if about you have a presentation rate, too. Yeah, yeah. Pres- that's what probably hopefully we're getting that with branding, or whatever. Yeah. And then you, if you have a rate, and you're having a, and you trying to make videos, but you don't have enough time. Or you're making the video, you're you're making the content, but you aren't feeling like, like what you, like you're the work that you're doing is being comp- properly, you know what I'm saying, compensated. 100%. Then it's like okay, now I need to move up, and then you have to be okay with, if you know you're on a path and you know like what you're worth and and you know like that your content's sick and that you're gonna get somewhere anyways, then all the like you there's always that anxiety to lose a client, or like to, to turn some or like to to lose someone if you say something that it's too high or whatever. But sticking strong, especially when you know that you're at that point, is always going to be better than, you know, like saying, okay, like if you really want to do something, like it's like what that what Jessica said, like the triangle or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, yeah, I forgot we've been having some fire It's like, uh, it's like e- either make a connection, you make money, or it's creatively fulfilling. I think that was three. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you just got to know like that opportunity, like if it's going to take less money, then it better be the other two things. Right. You know, it better like it, you like I would do things like I would be take little, but I knew that if I did this video and I killed it, then that pr- that promotions manager of that venue or the that the manager of the artist, I could link with him and then he manages another artist. So that could be that could be a through line there. You when know, I, like, when that I type did, of shit. Um, Q's tour, like they had reached out and asked me to come out and tour. And at the time I was like doing a bunch of jobs with EA Sports and like working with a couple influencers within the community and videos and documentaries and shit like that. And I was making good money per week. And when they asked me to come on tour, the rate was like so low that I was like, fuck, that's like not that great for me. Like I, that's not enough money for me. But after debating and also there was like a quick turnaround. So I had to decide what I wanted to do. The person getting me in knew that I was like ridiculously overqualified compared to what they had in the past. He's like, dude, they just don't know, you know, what they're, money is going towards like me going there i knew that in the past i never shot a tour like the way i was going to shoot a tour and got as many deliverables as i was going to provide them so for me it was like do i i could i could only think about the money but in my mindset i knew that there was going to be more more leads for new opportunities beyond this tour and it was going to be a four-month commitment for me to take that job and go out and make x amount of dollars for the entire time i was on tour or whatever and so in my mind i was like i think there's more money like there's more financial gain by taking this low rate now that I will see later on in life. And that went on to grow black window cream that went on to, I think, uh, I mean, fuck, I 
I don't know how many artists and shit I've worked with since this has come out, but like, I don't know how to explain it, but basically it's like the risk was worth the, was the reward was there by taking the risk of not making that great of money on that tour, building myself, building my name. I used it, you know, there's several other forms of currency. So you can always look at that too. Like, is this, if I shoot for this local business, I always say this because that's what I come from. It's like I was shooting fucking videos for restaurants or, um, you know, weddings and random shit like that back in, when I lived in Iowa. It's like, if I shoot this for this family, that family knows a lot of other people and also their friends are getting married too. So if I, I charge them, you know, $1,000, but my normal rate's $2,000 and they tell five of their friends and three of those friends pay $2,000. Like I'm going to come up off of that. And it's, yeah, it's work, but it's like, that's the hustle game. And then eventually five different families know who you are. And now you can shoot wedding videos for all kinds of people. So it's really just like paying your dues in most cases, but just knowing your worth. But I just definitely agree if you're just starting out and you're asking questions about how much you should charge, then just make them pay for your gas and buy you a meal or something like simple. It doesn't have to be overly done, but use that as a learning experience, especially if you're not going to college for this shit. Like I had to learn it all on my own. You know what I mean? I don't know how many things I've done for free. Like i still do shit for free. Like that's always going to happen. Cause I, I see the places where I can learn. I see the places where I can change from like my career path by doing this. It'll help me open up the door for this by doing this. I have no idea if it will even open up a door, but it's worth it to go do this in the first place because it might, most of the time it might not, but it's yeah, like, I have a story like that. Like, uh, I was going to shoot a show and it was like the artist hit me back and it was like, yeah, we have our own photographer, but you can come shoot like v- video or whatever. And then I get there and, Coachella? and no, like this is going to get there. Oh. I, and then, so I was just like super pissed. His first show of the year. Like I was like, just super inspired, whatever, go out there. doesn't work out. Basically like her, their photographer kicks me off stage. What the hell? Yeah. She was, she was like. Super, no, I'm not gonna say Shout out to that. shit, shit and then, photographers. And then so then the, then the show and then I was like, this show is kind of whack. Like this, the venue's small. Um, and I was just like, fuck, because it, it felt like like there wasn't another show for another three weeks. And for me, it was like I just needed, I wanted to keep stacking, 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 stacking. Um, but then at that show, I met um, the dude was just watching. I met like the guy who does promotions for a venue that was like in San Marcos. Um, and we hit it off and he, he like, he, I guess he had followed me or he saw my stuff and he's like, yo, this is actually really dope. Like you should, um, come on and shoot a show at, at the, the Marks. It's called the Mark sometimes. So he, uh, like randomly, like this DJ named AC Sutter, he, he played there. He hit me up. He got me, he got me to, to shoot the show. And then three, four months later, we're at Coachella and AC Sutter's playing at Coachella and oh, I shoot right. at Coachella. Yeah. So right. it was like that one show that would like, didn't pay any money. Like I didn't even get to shoot it. No video was made from that show. Um, just by putting myself in that place. Dude, fucking remembered you. So when yeah. I, and I remember us sitting there and you're like, damn, he's playing tomorrow. I'm like, yo, just shoot him a DM and ask him like, what's up or whatever. And you hit him with the DM and he's like, yeah, for sure. No, yeah. And then he's, like, he's like, like kick me with his manager, get me his number, like all that shit. Yeah, locked you in with the band and all that. That's wow. so, so just putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and being willing to take a loss is how this game works. And it you don't have a, no one's paying you a salary. No one's giving you fucking vacation time all that shit comes into play. Like you have to understand that this is your, you know, if this is your career, this is your career. So you need to fight for your worth, build up yourself and make sure your, your, you know, your value makes sense per your creation. I think we should talk once, like just about the, like, I think just to answer the contact negotiation or whatever, like how you email and like what we were talking about before we started. Just even emailing in general. But it's like the most professional you can, can be. And like, for me, it was like, I knew that, 
I was a begin like I was just starting. But if I it, like the more professional you sound, you come across like you know exactly what you're talking about. Like you've done this before. It doesn't matter if you've done it for free before. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just all about coming across. You understand how they want to be, who they want to talk to. They want to talk to a professional. They don't want to talk to a kid. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's like, hey, what up, bro? You specify, Stu- super you, stoked, you, all this you, shit. Your like, email is like a like pitch. That. You, what do you do? What do you provide? What value to provide for them? Um, or, or what you, deliverables? Even when you're dialed in too. When you, once you're dialed in, like you're talking about what you're going. Yeah, like even the, when you're dialed in. But I'm saying, like, for, even for someone who's watching this, like, yeah. like it doesn't matter if you're working free right now. Like, when you're negotiating contracts, you want to know what to pay. Like, you're going to be able to get more money, or your rate's going to be accepted if you come across like you know exactly. Like, like this is a this is something that you do. This is a business. Like a budget here's breakdown. my de- here's my deliverables yep. that I'm going to do. Here is my rate. My rate is this, but it's not some arbitrary rate. It's for this many. My project usually takes me three days to edit. This is three day editing rate. This is my camera rental. This and it's is easy my, for people. That, that makes it a lot easier for a person to understand. Like when when you do weddings and someone would be like, "How much are you, how much do you charge for a wedding?" It's like, well, here's tier levels. How much do you charge for this and that? It's there's tier levels. If you want one video made at the actual wedding, this is how much this costs. If you want a full thirty minute video, this is how much this costs. Plus a promo you, video. You're plus breaking it down, yeah. Video. Or if you're gonna go do a job, someone's like, "What's your rate?" And if you say like, "Oh, my rate is two thousand dollars a day," and they're like, "Damn, two thousand dollars? I can't afford that." But yo, the two thousand dollars is gonna come with this camera, which costs six thousand dollars. This lens, which costs fucking three thousand. This lens that costs two thousand. You want to use all this shit, so. That's my rentals included in that. My talent is included in that. My availability is included. Like all these things, you show how these things get packaged, and that helps someone understand when they can see the breakdown. It helps so much selling yourself because they can kind of justify it. Or, or if they're like, "Yo, fuck, uh, we understand you have all this gear, but could you just use our camera and we'll pay? Can we shave off that six hundred dollars you had in there for a rate and and you use our camera and then you you decide like fuck that I set myself up or yeah you could set yourself up like, but you still you got a job yeah. you still get a job and it's like it is what it is but that you know either way they're gonna try to knock that money off because they're trying to find a way to get around having to pay you your full rate but you know once- I think it's also cool like. Uh, something that I learned from experience is like when you people talk about this in group all the time, like you set your deliverables, you have your breakdown, and then you you have your revisions and your notes, like how much you got to you know in your contract or whatever. Like even if you don't, I've never had anyone sign anything, but it's yeah, been just like like you should, you should like I definitely want to. When I, get I need to, to be better about it too. But uh, like set yourself up so you want so they know in front of like when you set everything up in front and you're super professional about it, your rate makes sense. They're going to feel good about it. They're going to, and then you can negotiate off like you were talking about, like the breakdown or whatever. And then you also have like your, your clause for like, okay, you get two revisions, like, you know, two re-edits. And then after that, it's this much money. Mm-hmm. All that shit's going to help you like just have a full package that makes sense. And then I think it's about just finding that price. And then, you know, if no one, if you're not finding work, then lower it a little bit. You get some work until it's too busy, raise it. Um Yeah. And no, if you don't know the exact number, just like do, just do, throw one out there, do it. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess no one really wants to talk about numbers, but uh, you could, but like you, you, you throw well, one no, out there, do it. it. And once it gets hard, then this do, is the problem. This is the problem. And this is what I see for like even YouTubers. Say you look up a YouTuber and everyone always wants to know is like, how much does Logan Paul make from ad revenue or whatever? And then you see all these, you see all these YouTube channels using it as like clickbait to be like, how much I make on YouTube and you watch it and they never really define it. And you could ask me right now, like how much is your rate? And I'm never, I'm never going to define it because to me, I've found it's easier to fluctuate your rates per project. 
because for me, A, I'm always growing. Tomorrow I'm better than I was today. And so my talent's going to continue to grow. My skill level is going to continue to grow. I'm going to buy more shit. My arsenal of gear is going to grow or whatever it is. Or if I need to rent stuff, I'm going to know how to use that, etc. I do the research. I'm always learning. But at the same token, it's like, I've had people say like, dude, you should just have a, a rate list because it's easier. So you always know what to charge per project because if someone hits you like, Hey, how much does it cost for you to come shoot this event? Or, Hey, how much would it cost you to direct this music video? I'm like, mm, I could always just say $10,000. It always costs me $10,000 to do anything. If you want me to pick up a camera or do whatever, I'm always $10,000. Now 50 people may say we don't have $10,000 and one person may say they will give you $10,000. And it's like, that's cool. But would I have made more money because I understood that this person who asked me what my rate was could definitely not afford $10,000. Maybe they could afford 9,000. And I started, I'll, I'll say, you know, I work with them on, well, what's your budget? Like what's your ideal budget? Blah, 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 blah. I've gotten, I've gotten paid really well so many times by playing this game where someone will say how much hey are you available to come shoot this event or can you shoot this type of thing or could you photograph this whatever and every time they do it i'll act like i have too much shit going on which is usually true but financially it's like you always want to make money so say someone hits me yo can you shoot this uh bt awards tomorrow and i'm like mm, i don't think i don't think i can but i could lace you up with one of my people that do it you know what are you trying to spend you know, like what's your ideal range so I can kind of think of which category of person I want to reach out to. Cause I have people that can shoot for nothing. I have people that can shoot for a lot of money. Quality is going to be different. And I'll be like, Oh, we're thinking about spending $7,000. And I'll be like, Oh, guess what? I'm available. Cool. I'll pull up. Cause I thought you were going to say 300 bucks, but you know what I mean? You find out that there's some people that will just be willing to pay a little bit more and have, they have no idea of like what a daily rate is. So by adjusting your rate that way, it's always like, beneficial in my in my opinion but if you're starting an actual business where you're not like this freelance i do kind of everything it's kind of like you've created a niche market like i'm which we'll get into with this branding topic but like saying i'm a wedding videographer and i'm a wedding company you know i only do wedding videos it's tough to say like per project you're going to charge a different amount you can always do additional add-ons and extra things to make you kind of have like more bonus packages but i believe that it's a lot easier if you say in 2017 i charge 3000 for my top tier project or whatever 2500 for this 2000 for this so there's three models and you can take them as you will and that's easier for people to understand because they're always kind of like they treat it like going to McDonald's or going to fucking the Nike store and be like, how much shoes cost? The shoes are $150. All right, cool. It's 150 bucks. You know what I mean? Like, is it on sale? Sometimes. Right. You know? So you got to kind of look at it like that where, you know, wedding videos are always going to kind of look the same. And, and as long as they're solid, like you'll make that rate, but you couldn't be like, I'm $15,000 unless you become massively known in your area and your demand is through the roof and you can charge that much, you know? So yeah, I think it's at the end, it's just like any business or anything. It's like, you want to, you know what I'm saying? Like we ate that burger, you paid like 15 bucks for it. You didn't like it. So it was $15. No, no. I'm just saying the number. The point is that like, as a business, you want to make garbage. Like it's all, it's always going to be beneficial to you in the long run, no matter what, if you are delivering more or exactly what you are charging like mm -hmm. in terms of value and you're always going to come out behind i believe it even if just through karma but just through word of mouth like it's powerful if you are you say i'm this and then you don't deliver that's always terrible yeah because then that rumor is going to spread yeah. like a fucking wildfire yeah, versus and that that taste in their mouth to leave for them is just like that's a immediately lost client and mm -hmm. then 
So right, let's move on. Okay, yeah. So topic number two. Let's, let's touch briefly on this because I definitely don't want this to be longer than an hour. We're already at like 40 minutes. Yeah. Branding. So let's just kind of get in. Um, Don Weinberg. Weinberg? He was just like branding, how to yeah. be different, how to stand out in, in a specific niche, which I think ties into being paid, obviously, um, if you're good at something. But a lot of – I think a struggle is some people – are really good at one thing and don't know how to do the other thing. Some people are really good at everything, but or they're, they're great at everything. They're not very good at everything. I feel like I'm very good at several different things, but I'm not the best, but I'm able to utilize those skill sets to bounce one thing off to the next so that I can be very like, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like very like available to versatile, take a job be versatile and to be able to like hop into different conversations and be able to get jobs by just the way i talk and move and my understanding on certain things but i think the easier route would be if i just was this one thing and i was very i was a fucking shit at it you know what i mean like if i just edit videos that's all i do every single day that's all i do then i better be the best editor that there is and then finding ways to brand that specific niche versus being like, I'm a jack of all trades. That's way fucking harder to explain. I don't know how many times people be like, Hey, so what are you doing? I'm like, uh, like I might say like, oh, I'm a photographer. And then when I leave the conversation, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not just a photographer. Fuck. I should have said that. Right. I fucking, I'm an edited a movie and did all these things. Like, so it's kind of hard to, to sell that as like, I'm kind of good at everything. What do you need? Marketing? I could do that. Do you need social media help? I could do that. Do you need fucking consulting for video? I can do that. Like all these different things that you're good at. So I don't know when it comes to branding, like for him, when he signed up for the, um, the internship, just his branding of his name on his website caught my eye. Cause I'm like, I'm seeing everyone shit. Boom, boom, boom. And I go to his site and it's like David Dave Malave, and it was like in neon lights and had fire or some shit. I don't did it have fire on it. <laughs> nah, it was like a headphone shit. Oh, a headphone was built into it, so it was like music oriented. He shoots shows, so it made sense. And just the branding was good. I remember the videos were cool. The videos were like cool, and you said you were new, so I'm like, all right, this, these guys think yeah, together. But I, when I first met you, I had only make I like I had like three videos on that site. Yeah, and I still I don't have them many, but right, and like those were like enough to get an idea for it. But the way his name looked. Like he spent time just trying to design what his name looked like and to become, to be like, I'm Dave and I fuck with music. I understood that within his branding and then he see the quality of his stuff. I'm like, this is pretty dope and his work ethic. So all that was a great package, you know? So I think it's tough to market, market yourself and brand yourself, but, um, staying out in a specific niche is easier said than done. But I think if you are very good at one specific thing, you should find all the ways to sell that specific thing yeah. i think from my perspective like <clears throat> coming because there's one way to, there's two ways to think about it. we're talking about this in there too there's two ways to think about it one is like how i went about it or whatever which is is like i think coming up it's very e if you just say i'm gonna be the shit like i'm going i shoot for me it was like a big edm scene where i was I, like i i was a fan of that big there's djs coming every other week or whatever i was like i i fuck i really love shooting the shows because they look ill like, the content you can make from it is incredible or whatever, so... You fuck and you like to shoot shows? <laughs> no. You I fuck those? and I shoot shows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go on. Uh, but, like, 
when you focus, then you're able to. How did you focus? You're able to level up faster. You're able to level up faster. How did you? If you knew that EDM shows and DJs were coming to your city, how were you able to brand yourself to convince that guy at that one show where you got kicked off the stage? Well, because I just wanted. Well, yeah. What do you think? What did he see? What did he see that he liked? Well, I mean, for my brand, uh, for my branding or whatever. So basically, what I was trying to say was in the niche or whatever. Yeah, I, I chose that as my niche. I was like, I could go to this business and make a, a food video. I can make a gym video. I could do all this stuff, but I'll just be spread. I'll be spreading like slowly in a bunch of different things. Um, or I could just be, just become really good at this. Cause I know I can get somewhere with this and there's like an area for it or whatever. So I chose that. And then basically it was just about like my branding was just, I wanted my videos to be super fucking lit. Like, like I wanted to, all my videos to be like, I never wanted to make a slow video. All my videos are going to be crazy. I liked a lot of like energy energy in the video. That's how I was going to shoot it. And then I wanted my, my shot, my photos. Like, first off, I wanted to be, I wanted to brand myself as I can do both really well. Sure. It's like, I wanted, I don't want to just be a video. I don't want to be a photographer. I don't want to be a video guy that says he's a photographer and has like lackluster photos. I wanted to be really good at both. I wanted to deliver them the next day, the photos the next day, the video within three days, blah, blah, blah. I want, my, I want my photos. I just want everything to look massive and epic and my videos to be super energy, um, like crazy. And that's how I did it. And then, so like, that would be impressive to, so like if you show a, a manager. Who is it, just at a show. Yeah. And sees you turn that you, shit or like if I'm emailing and I send you, this is a video that I made from this show and the, like the show, maybe the show wasn't even that, that dope, but the video made it look fucking epic. And right. he's like, yo, this can make like, you know, I'm saying like, you, this is how I can make your show look or, you know, or like, this mm-hmm. is what I, what I do whatever and so when you when i was focused on one niche then my portfolio was like stacking and reinforcing itself right right right. so like every time i made another video as long as it was better than the last then the next email that i sent would be more effective because i was just adding to that already i basically it's like when you email and you reach out you uh, you were saying things you can say everything you want just like a resume i'm a hard worker i'm a blah 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 but like you have to show people what it is so like the more the more proof that you have the better. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So like my whole thing was like, if I could just stay in this one thing and every opportunity I have, my video is better than my last one, then my next email, like I, so at the beginning, no one answered my emails at all. Like I would just have to email like fucking 50 times and maybe one would answer and then maybe I'll just like try to sneak in or whatever. Right. As the, as the video starting to get more impressive or whatever, I'm not saying I'm like the best, obviously like they just got better. Yeah. I was just, I knew I would be, had to be better than myself. Then I started getting more responses because I was okay. Now this email makes sense. I'm kind of figuring out how to say it. My branding makes sense, like how I'm presenting myself. My videos look like they, like you know, like like I was starting to like look at other people's videos in the same space, and I was like, my videos look just as dope. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that was that was a way. But then there's an also way to think about it where it's like if you do, like you want to be good at everything. So that's what's cool about coming on this tour is I knew that I would have a whole different exposure hang, hanging out with you learning a lot more about really just telling trying to tell stories right because a lot of that in my space was just like make everything look sick right and you and the story kind of story is kind of like three clips maybe or it's just some lifestyle stuff so you want if you get too zeroed in then you're like you're, you're going to realize that like when someone asks you to do something else you might feel like intimidated so it's definitely good to like put yourself in different spaces as much as possible. But in terms of like starting off, I feel like if you can just pick one thing that you you want to do and you're really good at and you understand there's a market there and that you could get somewhere mm-hmm. with it, then it's you might just well just go hammer in one Hell spot. Yeah. I'm with that. And then branding is just like, yeah, what do you want your content to look like? When you put out a video, do you want to like always have a story, an Instagram story that promotes the video? How's that like a layout going to look like? You know, like what do you usually deliver to clients? Like you always, so people know what your shit looks right, like. Right, right. I think you always want people to know what your video 
like know it's a you a you video like how producers have tags like like i like to put a tag at the end of my videos you like to put a tag at your yeah. videos like that type of shit that's branding branding is you know like if you have a sick tag at the beginning like you know like video by like yoda always had like like produced by produced yoda, by yoda. that always looks sick right at the beginning every time mm -hmm. like gibson always has the 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 fucking lightning in yeah. his name like that's always looks dope and right. it like it puts a stamp on it that's branding like yeah. All that shit is like how you present it, how you want your shit to look. And it's also about how you, I don't we're not going to get into it. I think this is great information. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we talked about a lot of shit, guys. Uh, I feel like. Speed, money, quality. That's I feel another like, triangle. Yeah, so. We, What's up, Marcus? Again, we had the Facebook group going, so there's like a live stream happening right now. Um, so shout out to everyone that's paying attention to this shit right now. I'm looking at you. Um. I don't want to – maybe I'll scrub through this real quick and try to see, uh, like, a question or two that we can answer quickly. Um, the goal of this was to be under an hour. It is now 54 minutes, which is We spent is too much time at the beginning, like, on my show. We should have just – No, see, he's too humble. I think I think uh, this is fun having him here because he's got an interesting perspective of it. He's very fresh into this industry, too, which is dope. And um, this opportunity is ridiculous for for what's happened to this guy in the past, you know, six months has been nuts. But – I, I want to do more of these in the future. So if you think that these are valuable, please let us know. Um, what's your Instagram at Dave D A V E Dave M, M A L A V E. So find him on Instagram, follow him right now and then send me a screenshot if you do it. And then, uh, yeah, let us know in the comments or whatever. If you fuck with this shit, I'll, this is on YouTube now, Spotify, iTunes, the podcast exists. I'm going to start interviewing more people, hopefully on the road. But in the meantime, these solo episodes are going to kind of exist for a while. Um, and then we're going to get the group cracking again. I, when I get home from tour, this shit's going to fucking, I'm only, I'm not taking no jobs. I'm just going to do black window cream where I'm going to turn this into a fucking dynasty, man, dynasty. Uh, all right. Let me look at the shit in here. What Marcus, do you see? For, all right. So my homeboy, Marcus Frisky, he's been on the podcast before. You got to check his shit out. He says, biggest thing I see is people expect to get paid for the hours they put in not the talent they have and the quality you deliver that's why just like josh o says never change or never charge per hour but per project 100 percent um and he goes triangle equals speed money and quality that's very fucking true i love that that's super dope yeah because i mean really it comes down to what your talent is and how 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 and i know someone else talked about it too it's all about the product like the project, the product, like that's what's worth the money. Like you could, sp if it takes one person six hours to make a really ill video mm. and it takes another person three days to make the same video, then that through that connection of how much that should cost. Yeah, exactly. Thing, you know, you, and you learn. That's why yeah. I think that's what got me in touch with TDE and school with Q and all them in the beginning is because of uh, South by Southwest, huh? Um, shooting that it was like they saw i would turn around videos for people that they fucked with and they saw how quickly i turned those videos around um and right away that got my homie musa interested in me just because he was fuck, you know working with kembe so i turned around a video like that night and he's like whoa what the fuck and it was for instagram videos which was just starting out and so people weren't like even seeing content being made for that like that quick about like something relevant like a concert or whatever but it's just how if you can stay on top of that shit if you can provide quality and if you can provide um i don't know an excellent experience for the person paying you money then you're good so anyway that's dope um we'll we'll 
stay in the, the live stream and answer your questions on that, but I think that's good for now. Um, Black Window Cream, new podcast every single Sunday. Make sure you tune in. Next week, we'll try to talk about some other shit, so um, we'll make sure you guys can ask the topics in the community. If you want to join, bwnc.com slash join. You should be a part of this community if you're not already. Um, what else? Is that it? Nothing. That's just fun. You have fun? You I'm trying fun? to figure out, do you got, are these cashews all over your floor? In your hotel? Yeah, I think I dropped one and we stepped on it. Damn. Sorry, maids. Okay. This is it. How do you want to end this? Eat before you drink. I'm going to explain this real quick. No, do not explain this. I'm going to explain this real quick. (laughs) There is, and maybe they'll develop, get this fucking water bottle out here. I can just hear the fucking thing in your microphone. These mics are too fire. So I have this list in my phone. Of Dave. This is terrible. These are Dave quotes. Then my first quote, which I think is probably my banger, my best quote that I got of Dave, because he'll just randomly say some shit that is very funny. And it's not that funny. Two, sh- two quotes. This is funny. And funny. everyone starts saying this. I'll probably make Black Widow Cream printed shirts that say this shit. <laughs> but we sat there and we were getting, we were at catering uh, out here with B&J. We had catering for lunch or whatever. And I said to Dave, hey, do you want some water? And he goes, I eat, then I drink. He said, no, I don't want Dude. any water. I eat, then I drink. And I just keep thinking about how he said that. So now everyone says how it. funny it was. It when does. You, and how funny you thought it was. I, it's very funny. All right. And then the <laughs> other thing that he said one time was we were just eating and we weren't talking to each other. And he just said, shout out to this bread. <laughs> He eats and he drinks. Shout out to this bread. It's David Malave, everybody. Welcome to Black Widow Cream on the fucking actual podcast. Uh, Yeah, so go follow him. Um, That's it. We're out of here. Peace, bitch.